At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to it. Another edition of the Chicago City Cast is underway. Happy that you're with us. Thank you for making some time. We have plenty to discuss on this episode. We got an early Cubs game, so not much to go into it with that. By the time you're listening, probably already underway. But we got a late slate with the White Sox starting a new series against the Giants at Oracle Park tonight. And uh, we've got Andre Drummond to discuss the newest member of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Huh. Is that what you expected? Probably not. We'll get into it, why it's okay and why maybe you should be just a little bit worried with this Bulls team. Still plenty of time, so don't freak out, but I'll give my two cents on that in the latter part of this episode. Beginning, we'll talk some baseball. And by the way, I just want to throw out there, so I'm recording this at about 9, 10 a.m. Central Time. So if anything does happen to go down throughout the day and you're listening and you're like, this dude's a bozo, he's not mentioning it, well, that's probably why. So we're going with at the moment of me recording If there's any news, which it doesn't seem like there's going to be this early, but you never know. Okay, let's recap last night before we get things underway. The Cubbies getting the rubber match dub in their favor. They defeated the Reds 15-7 last night. Man, that over was the right call. We were kind of hinting at that here on the CityCast. And shout out to VEASAN's betting reporter Josh Applebaum coming on Rush Hour, also touting that play. The Cubs went over it and then some by themselves. So a good win for the Cubs. And how about Christopher Morrell going 5-for-5? I know the fifth hit was a home run and it was against a position player. But still, 
Hell of a game. Good looks from the Cubs. Uh, we hit our loan bet last night. We talked about it on the City Cast. We talked about it on Rush Hour. Our one Danny's dime was the Mariners' run line at even money. Odds courtesy of Bet Rivers brings our MLB record to 45, 36, and 2. So we'll take it. Nice little winner last night. Seattle didn't make it easy. They they tried to make it closer than it needed to be, giving up a homer in the ninth and held on by two. But I think they, they had like a four-run lead and then gave up one run, and then the home run made it. You know, a two-run lead after they were up three. So, yeah, it was I was sweating it out a little bit. But we got there, so we're content with the result. So, good night overall. What about the White Sox tonight? What can they do? Well, they're going on the road, like we said, to Oracle Park against the Giants. Lance Lynn taking on Alex Cobb. By the way, the reason I'm glossing over the Cubs game, like I said, I mean, it's an early game, 1.20 p.m. Central time start. You got Sampson versus Rich Hill. I guess I could give you the lines really quick in case you'll want to hear them. Markets moving toward Boston. They opened minus 125. Now they're up to minus 135 to minus 140 in a lot of spots. Pardon me, that was the first five. I'm an idiot. The full game, minus 129, moved up to about minus 138, minus 140. Pretty similar, all right? And the total opened at nine is come down to eight and a half a little bit. Wind's not blown out too much, and it's a little bit of a uh, chillier day at the friendly confines. But yeah, Boston coming to town, probably not going to be good news for the Cubs. But we have seen them do well against top teams at home not that the Red Sox are a top team but they have their moments right they have an offense that's capable of dominating at any point in this season I'm not touching anything with it so even if I was I'd spend more time on it but like I said early game not that much interest in it Red Sox probably figure it out and get the job done okay White Sox and Giants like we said Lance Lynn Alex Cobb couple righties going at it Lance Lynn has not had the ideal start that you were hoping for as a Sox fan in this 2022 season because you've been waiting on his arrival and yeah the Sox have what gotten a win or two under his belt maybe just the one but the numbers have not been there that's what's concerning if the White Sox win they win but long term you're going to want these numbers to take a step in the right direction and then some because his numbers have been atrocious to say the least he's one and one with a 619 ERA he's got a 438 FIP All right, so yeah, the ERA, a little bit higher than what actually is the indication of how he will perform, but 438 is nothing good. But what could give you some confidence is a skill interactive ERA, which we classify as Sierra, okay? And in that case, 333 is the number. So that could give you some hope for Lance Lynn. When you're looking back, you're like, nah, this is actually what it should have been. But then you look at some of these other stats, his whip. Walks and hits per innings pitched, 144. And league average, 130, okay? You don't want him above 130. He's 14 points above it. Home run to fly ball ratio, 10% is league average. He has doubled that, 20%. Babbitt, 300 is about league average. 354 is the mark he's at. Now, it's still a considerably small sample size, But in three starts, this is how the numbers have gone. Ten hits, three earned runs. Four hits, five runs. Six hits, six runs. Against the Tigers, Blue Jays, and Orioles, respectively. Not great. If you gave up a decent amount against the Blue Jays, which he did, you're like, okay, that's understood. But against the Tigers, all right, we'll give him a pass. It was his first start. 
But then against the Baltimore Orioles, nah, you can't have that type of performance, especially at home. So Lance Lynn is going to have to figure it out. Not sure if it happens tonight, but you do get the benefit of being in a pitcher's park at Oracle Park out there on the West Coast. But are your teammates going to be able to help you out? Right? You're going against a righty once again, and a righty who's got some pretty decent numbers. Now, the Giants have struggled. They've won just two out of their last five games between the Reds and the Tigers, so that's not great. It's a colder day, but the wind is blowing out to straight center field. Shouldn't be too impactful at a pitcher's park. But Cobb this year, folks, is 3-3. Three and three. He's got a 548 ERA. Terrible, right? Not good at all. But let's consider the other numbers, what his true indicator is. And that is a FIP of 322. So that's telling you that Alex Cobb is due for some great starts here. And that his ERA isn't actually a reflection of how he's performing. Same with his Sierra. Even better, folks. 295. And then you scratch your head because you're like, well, his whip is 146. And his home run to fly ball ratio is 18%. And his BABIP is 378. So I get it. It's going back and forth with Alex Cobb. But at home, he's pitching exceptionally well, naturally, because it's a pitcher's park. 260 FIP compared to 405 FIP on the road for Alex Cobb. The reason that his numbers are kind of all over the place, he, he struggled in a couple of spots. And one was pitching at Coors Field that really just killed his stat line. And the other is when he's seen a team a second time this year, he's had a tendency to really struggle. So this is the first time he's seeing the White Sox, and you're seeing a team in the White Sox that can't hit righties. 654 OPS versus them. 291 Babbitt, 289 Woba, and an 89 WRC+. So for Alex Cobb, this would be a spot where you would believe he could thrive. And simultaneously, you got a Giants team who is hitting righties fairly well. 725 OPS, 287 Babbitt. 319 Woba and a 107 WRC plus and a pitcher in Lance Lynn who is really unstable right now. So that makes it seem like all the advantages go toward the home team in San Francisco. Both bullpens are a little unstable. Giants statistically are a tad bit better than the White Sox. But the Giants have been struggling as of late. I know the White Sox have too, but the Giants ain't anything to write home about. So where should you make the line for this game? Well, the Giants are the rightful favorite in this spot. I think most people would concur on that. But I made the Giants minus 125. I made the White Sox plus 110, and I put the total at 8. And the reason I put it at 8 is because these pitchers have been vulnerable to surrendering a lot of runs. But realistically, they'll probably have a better performance, and I'm making it 8 with the assumption it'll move down. Now, Bet Rivers has some more confidence in this Giants team than myself. They opened up minus 147, and then they opened the Southsiders at plus 125. And they already moved the total down with their opener. It was 7.5. That doesn't bother me. That makes sense. I just opened it 8 with the assumption that it would probably get some love to the under. Now, some books had a minus 150. I get it, but that's a tad bit aggressive. And I say that because, yes, Alex Cobb's numbers are telling you that he shouldn't be performing as poor as some of these outings are leading you to believe. 
The Giants are hitting better against righties than the White Sox are. The Giants at home, I get it. The bullpen's better. Yes, I agree. They should be a favorite. But they shouldn't be that big of a favorite. Why? Well, because they have lost the last three out of five games between the Reds and the Tigers, first things first. They're kind of a volatile bunch. And Lance Lynn, even though he has really gotten off to a tough start, it's still Lance Lynn. Like, this dude is capable of throwing a no-hitter and just being an absolute stud on any given night. So that's why you can't go too crazy making the opposition of Lance Lynn that big of a favorite, all right? If it were the Dodgers, if it were the Astros, sure. But the Giants, they're not the Giants of last year. They're good. They're not great. So for me, I would look towards San Francisco, but they're way too expensive to bet. And if it's already going to be a shorter total at 7.5, I don't want to uh, lay the run line there. I don't want to bank on this Giants team winning by two or more. I've done that in the past, and they just blew it the other night. That's why we bought down to minus one. Because their bullpen's a little shaky, and their offense kind of dies toward the end of the games. Well, one time, we did get an insurance run out of them, but the Giants have been a big sweat every time I've wagered on them. So, yeah, I, I think the Giants win this game, but I'm not willing to pay the Piper at that much of a price. So I'm going to stay away from it. I'd probably consider a lower scoring game type of bet. I don't know what the no run in the first is. I'm sure it's pretty expensive itself considering you already got the total at seven and a half. Let me double check though. At Bet Rivers. Yeah, right now seven and a half is the total, by the way. Overs minus one fifteen, unders minus one oh four. Money line now has the Giants up to minus one fifty-five. The White Sox plus 135. If you want to take the run and the hook with the White Sox, minus a buck 75. If you do want to go with the run line with the Giants, it's plus 143. The value's there. The trust isn't. All right, first inning, run in the first, yes, is plus 107. No is minus 132. Yeah, minus 132 is a little bit expensive also. But you probably escape the first inning with no runs if you're willing to lay it. So a lot of good angles, not a lot of good prices for that matchup. Uh, There's a couple other games that are catching my attention tonight in baseball. I'll probably talk more about it tonight on Rush Hour. Again, make sure you check it out Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app. Marquee Sports Network tonight. iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts available. Xfinity app, YouTube TV. A lot of good affiliates and outlets. At Danny Burke 5 on Twitter, best way to get the links. But the Padres and Dodgers are one of those matchups. Blake Snell versus Tony Gonsolin. Tony Gonsolin, our boy, we're hoping he can keep on cruising because we got him for NL Cy Young, I think, at 40, 45 to 1. I think he's like 15 to 1 now. 9 0, 158 ERA, 337 fifth, 381 Sierra. And at home, he's got an ERA of 0.81. 2-0 all-time against the Padres with a 196 ERA and four appearances, three of those being starts. Blake Snell has struggled 0-5, 560 ERA, but his FIP is 378, but his Sierra is 433. Very unstable is Blake Snell, especially as of late, but he is 1-0 with a 175 ERA and six regular season starts against the Dodgers. Dodgers actually not hitting that great against lefties at home. They're fine. Our 99 weighted runs created plus, but just a 694 OPS. Padres against righties, 686 OPS, 96 WRC plus. 
I don't hate the idea of the no run in the first for this game. Total's at 7.5. It's minus 115 to the under. Both of these pitchers have a sub-10% home run to fly ball ratio. I'd look at that. I'd almost look at the first three innings under two and a half runs because it's a cheaper price than the first five innings under four and a half runs. And by the order, by the time the order comes around the second time, that's when Blake Snell starts to struggle. I've never done a first three under because I just feel like you're not getting your best bang for your buck. But in a unique situation like this with Blake Snell, I'm entertaining it. And I like the Dodgers to win this game, but you talk about expensive prices. My goodness, the Dodgers are making you pay a hefty one. In what should be probably closer with division rivals and two good pitchers, even though Snell hasn't performed that well. But the Dodgers are up to minus 180. No, thank you. Padres plus 155. Run line for the Dodgers is plus 120. That's the only way I would play it. But again, lower total, probably not that many runs. Less of a chance to cover the run line, you would think. Not that it can't happen or won't, I'm just saying. Then the other matchup, Rangers and Mets. I kind of like Chris Bassett and the Mets against Glenn Otto and the Rangers here. Another expensive price to pay. The Mets currently minus 205, but the run line's plus 107. So if I'm playing the Mets, I'm going to be playing the run line here. Bassett's been exceptionally well at home. Texas ain't hitting righties too well. But the Rangers do have a good bullpen. That's kind of the only issue here with trusting the run line with the Mets. they got to get out in front early. And hopefully you can trust the Mets bullpen is the biggest thing. But Glenn Otto's walking over five and a half guys per nine innings, has over a 151 whip. You could just do the lead after the five innings, right? We've done that bet before. But they're still making you pay minus 137 for the run line after five. That's what's not too enticing. But that may have to be your best bet. Or you could go with the plus money for the full game run line. That's something I'm also still contemplating early here in the morning. And like I said, by the time I get the rush hour, I'll have it solidified if I'm playing it as an official Danny's Dimes or not. So we'll have to wait till then to see. Uh, and, and I always log it in the VEASAN Best Bets page. So make sure you're subscribing to VEASAN, V-S-I-N.com. All right. That's what I got for baseball tonight. By the way... Folks, this is my last episode for quite some time because I'm going to be off next week. I'll be back that following Monday, not this Monday, but the next. So, uh, yeah, probably going to be taking a week off from making some bets. But if you got anything, let me know at Danny Burke 5. I'll tell you throughout next week so I could see myself some of the work doing the handicap. But, uh, yeah, should be a fun 4th of July week. All right. Like we said, going to take a quick break here, folks. And then, uh, man, Andre Drummond. The jersey sales going through the roof, baby. Can't wait. I'll give you my thoughts on that and what else we can expect from the Bulls this offseason coming next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three leg, same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. 
Gaming.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Andre Drummond. That's right. That is your big man acquisition as of this point by your Chicago Bulls. How you feeling? Are you content because you got him cheap? Are you pissed because you didn't get a big name? Are you nervous? Are you scared? Are you optimistic? I don't know. There's a lot of things you could be right now as a Bulls fan. But the Bulls officially have signed Andre Drummond. The deal will be worth two years. $6.6 million with the second season as a player option. And Casey Johnson went on to write that yearly salary is above the league minimum and so will be drawn from the Bulls' non-taxpayer mid-level exception pool of $10.5 million. I don't know what that means, but long story short, you got him cheap, right? You got him for very cheap, and he does fill, fill a necessity, which is another big man that can... Do better what Tristan Thompson was trying to do, right? Andre Drummond is a fantastic rebounder, and this would have been a really fun sign had it been like six years ago. But still, it's not the worst thing in the world. You're just worried that the Bulls aren't going to make any other big splashes besides Andre Drummond. And then Danilo Gallinari is what it's seeming like. Let's see, this last season with the Nets, Andre Drummond was getting 12 points per game, 10.3 rebounds per game. So look, the dude was padding the stats, that's for sure. He has a career 47.3% free throw shooter, so probably don't want him in toward the end of the games. But when he was with the Pistons, we obviously know he was a very serviceable player. I'm sure he was an all-star at some point, if I'm not mistaken. But look. It's not Mitch Robinson. It's not DeAndre Ayton. It's sure as hell ain't Kevin Durant. We know this. But it's something. All right? It's not Mo Bamba. And you know what? I'm kind of fine that it's not Mo Bamba. And now that I'm just looking at Twitter, son of a gun. <laughs> Sorry, that's the, that's the PG version for you out there. Mitchell Robinson and the Knicks have agreed to a $60 million four-year contract. Damn! I wanted Mitchell Robinson really bad. I did. I've been saying it for months on here that that would have been a perfect fit for the Bulls. It would have been perfect. It would have. And I'm salty about it. So be it. Are the Bulls really going to stand pat during this free agency? And just be content with Andre Drummond and Danilo Gallinari? Now Danilo's not even official yet, but he did spend four seasons with AK in Denver. Spent one season with Billy Donovan and OKC. Bulls are prepared to make a two-year offer in the seven to eight million dollar range. Casey Johnson reports they're in the mix, but so are the Celtics. He wants the Celtics, preferably, reportedly, but the Bulls do have the better deal. They want to run it back with the same team. Well, let me tell you, even if you're healthy the entire season with the same team, you're not beating the the freaking Bucks. You're not beating the Sixers. You're not. You don't have the tools to do so. You need more shooters and you need another dominant big man. I'm sorry. I'm You know, I'm listening to local sports talk radio here in Chicago and the radio hosts have the right idea. They understand that the Bulls ain't going to get the job done with this team that you have right now. 
Yeah, it'll be fun still. You have some good regular season games. Heck, you might win a first-round series, but you're not competing for a championship. You don't want that guard packs mentality. Nah, we're fine with this core. Let them build around each other. Yeah, you want that to a certain extent. But in this era of the NBA, you got to go out there and be aggressive and take those chances. That's the only way you can compete unless you're the Milwaukee Bucks or the Golden State Warriors. The Celtics need to get another name. They do. To win a championship, yeah, they got there. But they need to get another big name. Maybe not as big of a name, but they still need to get another piece to help them out. The Warriors, they got an established team, folks, through the draft. And Andrew Wiggins helps. He did a lot. The Miami Heat, well, they brought on Jimmy Butler. They're going to look to get another big name like a Donovan Mitchell. They are. You've seen their reports. The Knicks get Jalen Brunson, bring back Mitch Robinson. They've signed some other guys. The Knicks will be okay this year. And you know what? So will the Pistons. The Pistons will be a sneaky good team. I don't even know if it's sneaky at this point. The Nets will be in shambles. The Sixers will get a big name. The Bucks already got Joe Ingles, which is a great pickup. Another shooter. I just don't know if Andre Drummond and Danilo Gallinari put you over the top. Are they bad signings? No, they're not. They're fine. And I actually think they will benefit the Bulls to some degree. You get a shooter in Gallinari and you get a big man down low and a gritty guy who can do dirty work in Andre Drummond, which is what you need. Uh, but still, but still, and I know you're getting them for cheap. Don't worry. And also, by the way, don't worry about Levine. He's going to be here. It'll be fine. But if we can just have our pipe dream for a second as Bulls fans. Is Kevin Durant actually a realistic shot? Now, yes, I'm drinking the Bulls Kool-Aid here. I don't actually think it is going to happen. But objectively, how is it not one of the better paths to take if you're the Nets front office? The Nets do not want to have a tanking season, right? And their draft picks are controlled by, what, the Houston Rockets? So they just don't want to go into purgatory and just be screwed because of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, correct? They still want to compete. Well, we know that the top destinations reportedly for Kevin Durant are the Phoenix Suns and the Miami Heat. Well, if you're the Nets, you got to get as much as you can out of Kevin Durant. And as much as you can out of Kevin Durant with Phoenix would be Devin Booker. Well, guess what? Kevin Durant's only going if he's playing with Devin Booker. And guess what? The Suns just signed him to a four-year max, right? They're not going to just take on Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson. And reportedly, they didn't want DeAndre Ayton or have that much interest in him. The Nets being... So even though Kevin Durant wants to go there, I don't know if that's a good partner for the Nets. And even worse with Miami. One, do you think Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant can get along well? I mean, they have the Team USA connections, much like Devin Booker and Durant. But I guess if that's his top de destination or second one, so be it, man. But if you're the Nets, the Heat have even less to offer. What, you want Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson? I don't know, Gabe Vin like Gabe Vincent and I just don't see any feasible outcome from the Heat and the Nets doing work together. And people are saying the Knicks now, what are the Knicks going to give you that's entertaining? 
Zion just signed with the Pelicans. It ain't going to be the Pelicans. I guess he could do the signing trades, but still. Levine hasn't done anything yet. Does that tell you maybe he's sitting there going, what's your guy's plan here to the front office? Can we make this Durant thing happen? Am I going to be involved in some scenario with Durant? Or is he just enjoying shopping around? Look, all the reports are that the Bulls are pretty much his top choice, and it should be compared to the other teams that could pay him around the same amount. Bulls are really the only competitive one, it seems. But if you're the Bulls, again, or rather, if you're the Nets, you look at the Bulls and you go, okay, we could get a DeMar DeRozan who played exceptionally well last year. You could pair that with a Patrick Williams whose ceiling could be incredibly high. Alex Caruso, good role player. Kobe White, hopefully he could be a better shooter. And then a draft pick, the one that the Bulls have via the Blazers. You'd still be okay. Of course, you wouldn't be a championship team, but you'd be fine. But more realistically, in my mind, the deal would have to be a sign and trade with Zach Levine. Because with DeRozan, you're getting an older veteran player. And with Levine, you can still build around him with a young, athletic guy who still has some untapped potential. And then you still pair him with like the Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Caruso, draft pick, whatever you need to do. And that makes more sense if you're Durant as well, you would think. Because Durant, with more of a veteran guy like DeRozan is probably better than a Levine who wants to be a top dog on a team. Like, Levine was such a great teammate in letting DeRozan do his thing. But you could tell, like, Levine wants to be that guy. Levine wants to be the dude taking those shots and hitting those game winners such as DeRozan was doing last season. And he could do that if this were to happen with him going to Brooklyn in a big market over there as well. Doors wide open. Durant, DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Vooch. Maybe you have to give up Vooch. I don't know. I'm just saying, if you're the Nets, how are the Bulls not one of the more attractive teams to work with, to negotiate with? If you ain't getting Devin Booker, why would you want to do anything with the Suns? If you ain't getting Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo, why would you want to do anything with the Heat? If you ain't getting Zion, why do you want to do anything with the Pelicans? Who would you want from the Knicks? Nobody. Who would you want from the Raptors? Nobody. There's a better option in Chicago with Levine or DeRozan. Or Vooch or Patrick Williams. You know, that whole squad has more to offer. I'm just saying. Call me crazy. Call me biased. I'm drinking the Bulls Kool-Aid. But seriously, look at it objectively. How do the Bulls not have potentially the best package to offer the Nets? The big question is, does AK want to split up this core and do they want to you know, I was hearing them talk about it on one of the stations out here. I mean, Porter Rosen, you know, getting traded for Kawhi. If he got traded for Durant, yeah, you'd feel for the guy. But again, I don't think DeRozan would be the piece they would want. I feel like Levine would make more sense. It would have to if you're Brooklyn. Levine's more valuable than DeRozan right now because of age, longevity. DeRozan had an exceptional season last year. But can he replicate that again? I don't know. And you know that's not going to be something that's going to withstand throughout the playoffs. The Bulls saw that firsthand. Zach Levine makes sense to me. And if you're a Bulls fan, you got to be willing to depart with him for a once-in-a-generation type of player, Kevin Durant. 
AK better be on the phone making that call. And if you're not making a call for Kevin Durant, you better be making it for someone because you're going to get Bulls fans worried here. Yeah, you could be complacent with Andre Drummond and Danilo Gallinari. That's not putting you over the hump. That may get you over your win total again. But you don't look at that Bulls team and go, oh my goodness, Danilo, Andre Drummond, cut those odds in half from 60 to 1 to 30 to 1. The Bulls are contenders. No. No. It makes them a really good regular season team. It does not make them a championship team. It makes them a win one series in the playoff at best type of team. And you know what? As a Bulls fan, you've been sitting idly by seeing your team get screwed with injuries from the Derrick Rose era, LeBron teaming up for a super team, all the other teams doing it, you tanking, you dealing with injuries again, but all these other teams going all in like the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, the Warriors, the late, like these teams are going in to get the big names. Does it always work out? No, but that's really your only shot nowadays, unless you're the Warriors. The Celtics couldn't do it. The Heat haven't done it. I mean, the Heat have kind of built up, but getting Jimmy Butler was their big name. I'm not saying the Nets have or the Sixers have or, well, the Lakers did, but in the Mickey Mouse championship. But you got to make that big move nowadays. You have the assets to do it. It's okay to part ways with Patrick Williams for Kevin Durant. Same with Levine. I'll take that every single day of the week, 20 times on a Sunday. Come on. Do something here, AK and Eversley. You cannot be content with Drummond and Danilo. It's fine, but it's not great. And the Bulls need to be great in order to win a championship and come out of the Eastern Conference. So we'll see what happens here. Nothing crazy has gone on too much. It's just been big contracts and guys staying with their respective teams. But we need the Bulls to do something. And it's still early. Look, it is still very early. And a lot is going to ride on what happens with Zach Levine. And naturally what happens with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And it seems like Kyrie Irving now, the favorite for him, is going to be the Lakers. That seems all but a done deal based on the reports. Not that there's actually official reports out there, but it's just like, yeah, he's wanting to go on the Lakers and the Lakers want him. Man, I don't know. It's uh it's been it's been wonky. Especially for the Bulls. Because people kind of thought that Levine would sign immediately. But again, maybe he's just maybe he's just feeling some things out, seeing what the front office has in their plans, seeing what happens with Kevin Durant. A lot of things could be revolving around that. But that's the latest news. Mitchell Robinson going to the Nets. Let me double check, see if anything else happened before I sign off here. Nope. But yeah, Zion Williamson, remember, staying with the Pelicans was the big one this morning. Gary Payton Jr., big deal with the Blazers. Good for him. Good for him. He earned it. But yeah, I'll be tweeting about it. I'm sure plenty. I'm sure I'll be bitching about it if the Bulls don't do anything. But that is how it's looking right now on Friday morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Chicago City Cast. Remember to check out Rush Hour. I'll get you more official plays on tonight's show. 
We'll also be talking with Lou Finicaro for UFC Big Card tomorrow night, folks. Can't wait. And we got Josh Towers, former Major League Baseball pitcher. His baseball plays, his thoughts on the season thus far, and much, much more. And more NFL futures. We've got you covered. And on Twitter, at DannyBurk5. Always appreciate if you like and subscribe to the podcast. You can get the episodes right when they get released. Again, out next week. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy all the games. And best of luck with your wagers, folks. And take care.